0: Hi, I'm Lisa Moore, one of the pastors here at GT Church in Victoria, BC. Welcome to our podcast. All of the content you'll find here is meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in your journey wherever you're at. Enjoy the message. So glad, so glad that you're here with us. Hey, how many of you are still yet to have Easter dinner? Anybody having Easter dinner today? Yeah. How many of you want the pastor to preach short because you have a dinner to get to? Oh, I see a few. Somebody went, oh, okay, yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, I just, uh, I was thinking of a story um, about a little boy who went to grandma's house for Easter dinner. And when he got there, he sat down at the table with his plate full of stuff. And he just started eating right away. And his mom said to him, hey, you need to wait. And he said, why? He said, because we haven't prayed yet. He says, I don't have to. And she said to him, yes, you do. We always pray before we eat at our house. He said, well, we're not at our house. And she said, what do you mean by that? He said, grandma's a good cook, we don't have to pray. So I hope grandma's cooking Easter dinner this time. If not, pray. You know, it's kind of funny because there's more to praying over the meal than just not dying. You know what I mean? Yeah? It's about thanks. It's about appreciation. And you know, when we look at the Easter story, there's a, a similar thing going on. There's this sense of... Kind of knowing what's happening, but not really knowing what's happening. And that song, Is It True, I've Heard Rumors, man, that's what was swirling around in the resurrection of Jesus. These rumors, these, these stories that were being told, and people knew some but didn't know other things. And, and even for us as Christians here 2,000 years later, we might be able to weave the story together and read the Bible, and we're going to read some of the text today. But we're still in that season where we only know in part. That's what the Bible says. Now we know in part, but someday we will know fully as we are fully known. There's a day coming where we will know more, what we will know in fullness. But I want you to know today's message is entitled, Getting a Glimpse of the Resurrected Jesus. Because one thing I know for sure is just a single glimpse, just a a small look, just just a little bit behind the veil, to see Jesus can absolutely change everything. And my words are specific. We're talking about the resurrected Jesus. And when you get a view, when you catch a glimpse of the resurrected Jesus, it can change everything. You know, it was true for those who saw him in that first century century at the very first Easter story, and it's true for us today. In fact, it's actually why you came. Maybe you didn't know that. But you came to see Jesus. You came to reflect on Jesus. You you came to look again, to rehearse, to see it fresh, the most powerful moment in all of Christianity, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The moment where death was turned backward, the moment where death sprang into life again. And that's why we're here. Because Easter is a celebration of victory. And that's why the Bible says, Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? It's been removed because Jesus defeated death. Can someone say, Amen? amen. And so we celebrate together today. And I want you to know that I stand before you today in full confidence I say this, I have no fear of death. Because for the Christian, death is only a gateway into life. Into the life that I've always wanted. The life without boundaries. The life eternal. And so for the Christian, there is no fear in death. So those words are so true. Where's your victory, death? Where's your stink? It's all gone because Jesus rose from the dead. Now, the Bible tells us that Jesus was the first fruits of those rising from the dead. So what that tells me is that wasn't just an event that happened that we celebrate, but Jesus created a pathway, amen? He opened up the gate between life and death, and death has now been defeated. How do you defeat the defeater? Only Jesus can. Only Jesus can. And so we're free. We're free from the fear. We're free from the plague. We're free from death. And that's why Jesus' words are so true. He who believes in me... Even when he dies, he lives. Amen. Even when we die, we live. Praise God. He is risen. risen Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So we've been in this series. um, Actually, it's been going on for a few weeks and it's called Questions Jesus Asked. Because Jesus asked really good questions, questions that cause us to explore, questions that cause us to look inside. And today I want to look at three questions that Jesus asked, but not just Jesus, but the resurrected Jesus. So these are these are after Jesus rose from the dead and he begins to appear to his disciples. And so I want to take you back to the first Easter. And in that first Easter, I I just will remind you that Jesus gave his life on the cross. They took him off the cross. He was dead. They put him in a tomb, and then they had to leave him there. They rushed to put him in the tomb because the Passover time was beginning. And so they had to wait. And then on... Easter morning, the, the morning uh, morning like this morning, they would have gone back. The women went back with spices and, and with more cloth to wrap him properly. And when they got there, the, the tomb was open and it was empty and there was an angel and the angel spoke and said, why are you looking for someone who's alive among the place where dead people are? He is risen. And then the women run back and, and tell all the disciples we saw an angel and this is what happened. And they all said, you're crazy. You're just grief stricken." They just couldn't believe it. And so at that point, two of the followers of Jesus that had gathered in Jerusalem started on their way home. They were headed to the village of Emmaus. This was a seven-mile walk. And as they walked, they talked. Kind of like the video you saw of the, of the man reflecting. We thought it was going to be different than this. I actually can't believe this is what happened. They're reflecting back on what it is that they were seeing and what they had experienced. And this was a long walk where their minds were racing. They were rehearsing their disappointment. They were reflecting on their brokenness. They're stuck in the heaviness. Have you ever been there? Are you there right now? I'm just so thankful that Jesus shows up in times like that with great care. And that's exactly what our story tells us. So let's pick up the story, Luke 24, verse 15. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. Now, I don't know why they were unable to recognize him. Maybe the sun was in their eyes. Maybe there was some form of, of, you know, maybe Jesus had like a mustache and he used to have a beard. I don't know. But I don't know if there was something in the physical look or whatever, but they couldn't tell it was him. He walked beside them and they didn't know it was him. You know, and I've reflected on this. Is it possible that Jesus could be that near and we wouldn't know it? I think maybe it is. You know, I think it's hard to see Jesus when you're hurting. I think it's hard to see Jesus when you're disappointed. I know it's really hard to see Jesus when you're busy, right? When you're going flat out, when there's so much going on. But it's especially hard to see Jesus when you're not looking for him. When your eyes aren't fixed on seeing him. And I'm so thankful that even in those times, Jesus comes looking for us. And you know what? I don't know your story. I don't know where you are. I don't know where you've come from. But one thing I do know is Jesus is still looking for you too. He comes looking even when you're not looking for him. And I'm so happy to tell you that today. So now let's get to the first question. The first question that Jesus asks. So they're walking along. Jesus is there. They don't recognize him. And then verse 17 says, he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? Now, that's a pretty funny question coming from Jesus. Hey, guys, what's on your minds today, right? It's quite interesting, but Jesus knew. Jesus knew the answer, but he always invites us, doesn't he? He invites you to share what's on your heart. You've got stuff on your heart. Maybe even today you're carrying something, and Jesus' invitation, his question is an invitation. I know it's painful, I know the wounds are fresh, but share your heart with me. I'm listening. And so Jesus comes alongside to do that. And anybody who knows anything about getting well when you have pain inside, man, one of the keys is sharing that. One of the keys is opening up about that. And so Jesus invites them to share what's on their heart. Let's look at verse 19 where Jesus asks the next questions. Um, oh, sorry. No, I skipped a verse. I need to go. I need to finish seventeen and eighteen quickly. It says they stood still, their faces downcast. Can you imagine this? Jesus says, "What are you guys? What are you guys talking about?" And and they stood still, faces downcast. They were walking. Now they've stopped. And one of them named Cleopas asked him, "Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days?" He's like, "Where have you been? Under a rock?" Like there's been some crazy stuff going on. And, and I love what happens here because you know, Jesus just kind of lets it hang out there and asks them this second question. What things? I mean, it's it's kind of hilarious. It's like, what? Where have you been under a rock? Yeah, I have been. Actually, it's been a stone and it was heavy, but I moved it and here I am. Since you asked. So he says, what things? And the, you know, then the guy continues, About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. Can you imagine the hearing people talk to you about you this way? It's quite interesting. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. And you know what's so interesting? Jesus says nothing. He literally just lets them process, lets them share. He just, he just lets it come out. And you know what this says to me? It says that, that Jesus always says, I'll make room for you to tell me more. You know, even if he already knows, he's happy to hear it again. I mean, it's fun when your kids tell you stuff you already know, like, dad, guess what? What? Spider-Man. And you're like, no, yeah. They just love it. They love, and, and, and there's something in our, in our makeup that we, just, we need to share. And Jesus makes space for that. Share what's on your heart. I'll make more room. I won't say anything. You keep going. And then what happens very next is that you get to the heart of the real matter. You know, because they were, he was handed over. He was sentenced to death. They crucified him. And then verse 21. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. You can see the despair. It's right there. We had hoped. Man, we had put all of our hopes in him. We we were really expecting this to be the day, this to be the time. He went into Jerusalem, and we had such high hopes. And now he's dead. And what's more, it's the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. They were so confused. They were so disappointed. They were hopeless because they had hoped it's past tense hope is gone and this part of the story it teaches us something about Jesus that's so important listen I want you to hear this even when we're not clear on where Jesus is or how to get to him he is with us and he invites us to open up to him and I want to say if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus I want you to know please hear me you're just one prayer away from the beginning of a relationship with him because he's so near he is so close and he's inviting you. Share your heart with him. Tell him more. He's listening. And if you open up to him, he'll reveal himself to you. I love stories about Jesus revealing himself to people. In fact, one of my favorite ones that um, we, we have, um, you know, shared together and, and have been encouraged by is, is the story of our friend Adam Hennessy. And Adam Hennessy is like, uh, he works at a gym. He's, he's a, he's a um, DJ. He's like, he's a super cool guy, but you know, Adam wasn't always a Christian. In fact, um, when he was at the gym, he was very vocal about his search for spiritual things. And he was searching and, and, and one of our friends who's here today, Dave, was at that gym and he would always talk to him. He's like, yeah, I'm going to like this meditation class and I'm, I'm going to try this out and I'm going to do this. And yeah, it's like, it's awesome. I'm like, oh, wow. And, and, and over and over and over again, he would engage Dave about his faith. And finally, Dave said, you know what? It seems like you're looking for God, right? And Adam said, yeah. He said, well, why don't you just ask God to reveal himself to you? And that was a pretty bold thing to say, Dave. Like, because that could have gone bad, <laughs> hey? But you were trusting God. And when you said that to him, he was sort of like, Yeah. I'll do that. Well, and the rest is history because Adam locked himself in with God and said, God, whoever you are, reveal yourself to me. And that began a new life because Jesus showed up. Jesus introduced himself to Adam. And Adam's life has been forever changed by Jesus Christ simply because he said, Jesus, if you're real, God, if you're there, show yourself to me. I am so encouraged by that. Listen, we hear more and more stories about that. We have friends from Iran who are searching for God and they're, they're devout in their faith. And Jesus is the one who shows up. Jesus reveals himself to them. And so I just love this picture. And actually next in our storyline, we see how Jesus starts to reveal himself to these disciples. They're hurting and everything changes when you catch a glimpse of Jesus. And so I want to give you now just three thoughts as we look at this next little part of the, the scripture. You see, when you catch a glimpse of the resurrected Jesus, he brings clarity where there's confusion. So these, these disciples, they're hurting, they're, they're confused. They had hopes that have been dashed. And so Jesus speaks to them in verse 25. He's, he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. And then he asks them the third question. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter? Into His glory, so we put all those verses up on the screen behind us during that song. All these verses of Jesus just telling them, "Listen, I'm going to lay down my life, but I'm going to take it up again. I'm going to be with my Father in glory." He says it over and over again. This is my body, which will be broken for you. My blood shed for you. You will strike the sheep, the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. He told them the whole story, and now the pieces are coming together. And he, and then, in, and then it goes on and begin With Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. You see, the truth is, if you go back to the very beginning of the Bible, into those early chapters of Genesis and all the way through the Old Testament, you will see Jesus showing up. What happened in his life, what he did was to bring redemption and the law, Moses and all of that stuff. Jesus just used it and showed them himself. For some of you, you may say, well, I have unanswered questions. And I get that. I just want to tell you that in my experience, my experience, sometimes I like my question better than I like God's answer. And I just want to hang on to my question. There's a lot of people that have entrenched themselves in a perspective that simply says, ha, now fix that one, right? And I want you to know in my experience, when you catch a glimpse of Jesus, when you see the resurrected Jesus, when you experience his love for you, when you begin to understand what Christ has done, your questions don't matter as much. They might, they might still be there, and God has answers, I promise, but they, they're not the things that keep you from him because when Jesus shows up, he brings clarity. So invite Jesus into those questions. The questions matter less than the person who is the answer. When you catch a glimpse of the resurrected Jesus, you want him to stay. <laughs> you know, some of my richest experiences in all of my life have been in the presence of Jesus. And when I have a moment where Jesus visits with me, I just never want it to end. It's very interesting. That's what happens with these disciples. As they approach the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were, gonna, as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. Wow. Wow. Can you see this story? Jesus is walking alongside of them. He's ministering to them, even though they don't know who he is. He's encouraging them. He's directing them. He's reminding them of truth. And then as they get to the place where they're going to stop, Jesus is going to keep on going. What is that a picture of? It's a picture of the truth that Jesus never forces himself upon us. The greatest gift that God gave you is your free will. The ability to choose, and God will never take it from you. But here's what I want you to, to remember. Jesus always accepts your invitation when you invite him into your life. He always accepts that invitation. And so when these guys invited Jesus to stay, he came, and he sat with them, and he blessed them, and their eyes were opened. What, what was it about the breaking of the bread that opened their eyes? It wasn't communion, by the way. It was just dinner, Okay. And and maybe there was something in the breaking of the bread. Maybe, maybe these disciples were present at the feeding of the 5,000. And and when the bread was broken, they're like, I remember when Jesus broke the bread and fed all those people. It's Jesus. I don't know exactly what it might've meant for them, but maybe it was just the way he hosted them, even in their own environment. But I, I see a picture here. That bread is like your life. When you give it to Jesus, he reveals himself through you. It's a powerful truth. It's a beautiful picture. It's an Easter time truth. And finally, when you catch a glimpse of the resurrected Jesus, he sets you on fire. Somebody just got really scared. (laughs) I don't mean that kind of fire. I mean a burning in your heart. I mean, a a type of life that's actually worth living, a sense of the reality of things that are so good and so true, so stable and so hopeful. And when we read the next verse, we see just this. Jesus has vanished and the two men are still there and they ask each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Didn't you feel it when Jesus was with us? I didn't want it to end. It was such a rich time. My heart's still on fire. You know, when I was writing this message, I I, I was writing from home. It's the quietest place for me. And I was just praying and writing and, and suddenly I was I was literally struck with this deep yearning for Jesus. I'm so grateful for that. I was captured by this deep spiritual yearning and I just began to worship with the limitation of the words that I have and, 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 and an old song was going through my mind and I just began to say the words of it. Jesus, I wanna know you more. You're the greatest thing in all my life. I want to love you more. I just felt Jesus come near. And I just put on this song. It's, a, it's an older song. I'm an older person than some of you. It was familiar to me and it was just my heart. And it's an older song called Knowing You. the words, I just began to sing along with the chorus. Knowing you, Jesus, knowing you, there is no greater thing. You're my all. You're the best. You're my joy and my righteousness. And I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And it was, church, it was like heaven came down. Oh, nothing like the presence of Jesus. I I saw Jesus. I didn't see him with my eyes, but my mind and and my heart and my spirit and my soul saw Jesus all at once. Oh. I caught a glimpse of the resurrected Jesus. And you know, There's really nothing I would want more for you than to catch a glimpse of the resurrected Jesus. You know what's a little sad about that? (laughs) Is what I want for you is something I can't give you. Only Jesus can meet you. Only Jesus can really do that. Only Jesus can come alongside you even when you can't see who he is and comfort you in your grief. Only Jesus can wrap his arms around you like that and and give you that sense of peace. And only Jesus can set your heart on fire when you're able to communicate your need and your yearning. It's only Jesus who can do this for you. And I, I would want it for you so bad because I know if you had a glimpse of the resurrected Jesus, you'd leave here different. Your heart would be on fire. There'd be a change in you. What a gift. What a blessing. So what do we do? All we can do is ask Jesus to come. Would you do that with me? You see, I really think Jesus is here. I really believe that. And I I believe he wants to come alongside of you. But sometimes we're just not aware of that. And so Jesus, 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 your precious name, Jesus, our savior, Jesus, the one who transforms us, Jesus, the one whose presence is all we need. Jesus, would you come near? Would you come near? Not because in this moment we want something from you. We just want you. On Resurrection Sunday, Lord, would you resurrect a burning heart within us, Jesus, would you touch us? Would you minister your grace? Lord, help us to choose you through the busyness, through the big decisions, through, through all of the choices and the meetings and the, the life. Lord, may we choose your presence as our prize. May your love be our living room. God, meet with us, I pray. Lord Jesus, we need you. Your presence, it transforms us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let it be more than just the things we know. Be the God we really experience. Let us yearn for you. See our need for you. So on Wednesday, when I was praying and just spending time with Jesus, really just enjoying him, he said to me, in this message, I want you to take the church to the very end of the story. And I had no intention of doing that. <laughs> but I want to take you to the very end of the story because those, those two guys that met with Jesus they were so on fire. Their hearts were so burning. They jumped up, and in the middle of the night, they ran the seven miles back and found the disciples and said, we have seen him. And Peter was there, and he said, I've seen him. And, and, and the excitement just is, is, is palpable. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up, and they all see him. And then Jesus blesses them and takes them out to Bethany and lays his hands on them. And, and then the Bible says this in, in Luke twenty four fifty one: While he was blessing them, He left them and was taken up into heaven. So Jesus ascends into heaven, resurrected, glorified. And what did the followers of Jesus do? Then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. And why am I bringing you here? One, because I felt like the Lord wanted to say something to each and every one of us. You know, my thought here is that when you catch a glimpse of the resurrected Jesus, you want to worship in God's house. And the Lord has been churning something inside of my soul, and I I just want to share it with you. Some of you are here today, and I'm so glad. And some of you are watching online, but I feel like God is saying, you need to be back in God's house regularly. I I just want you to hear it. Let the Lord speak it to you. But they stayed continually at the temple. There wasn't the sense that they would just occasionally go. They were there all the time praising God. And the point that I believe like the Lord is elevating is like, listen, some of you are fine. You've got your friends. You've got your online experience. You've got a Christian community. But my heart is heavy with the reality of what happens next. What about your children? What about your grandchildren? We need to be in the house of God regularly, continually, for the sake of what is to come. And I want you to know, God spoke so clearly to me that if we neglect God's house, our children, our grandchildren will neglect our God. Friends, hear the Lord today. He loves you, and he's gentle, and he's invitational. But the gathered church is God's idea. And we need to gather. We need it. Maybe you're here today and you're feeling it. You're feeling God's presence and you're glad to be here. Listen, get back here. Because we're here to reinforce what you're trying to do at home. And let me tell you, it's tough to do on your own. You're not supposed to. We're here to do it together. So just feel the invitation of God today. And I want to say to you, welcome back. Welcome home. I'm so glad you're here. We need God's presence in our lives. Pray with me. You're here today and you're not a Christian. Let me tell you, you share your heart with Jesus. You're just one prayer away from a whole new life. Let Jesus in. Let him bless you. Let his presence touch you. You're a Christian here. Listen, let God set your heart on fire. Grow in that yearning for him. Long to encounter him. And and for all of us, every one of us who's here, I say, welcome home. Be found in God's house. Come and be here. It's good for you. It's good for your children. It's good for your grandchildren. Let's catch a glimpse of the resurrected Jesus. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.